hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Not D&D. I'm your host, Jessica, and this week joining me, we have Emil. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, I was excited because I heard about the Electrum Archive, which we're going to be talking about today. So I do another podcast, and my co-host brought it up, and we talked about it there. And I was really interested, and I thought, I want to learn more about this. So I thought you'd be the best person to tell me all about it <laughs> and uh, go into a deep dive about it. Uh, so if you uh, listen to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk podcast and heard about it here, we're going into more depth here than we did in that show. Um, but before we talk about the Electrum Archive, I would like to be nosy and talk about you as a person and as a game designer. Um, so what was your first um, memory of tabletop role-playing games? Can you remember the first game you played? Um, yeah, like the first game that I played was, I believe, uh, Advanced Edition Dragons, like second edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like some modified version of it, like some homebrew version of like okay. a local uh, game store owner who ran it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it, was, it was just, it was very interesting. It's like this interesting, like medieval, like it was basically like historical medieval times, but then with mm-hmm. some fantastical elements. So okay. it was like actual England. Um yeah, that just really like hooked me on it. And mm-hmm. from there on, I played like a bunch of different things, like third edition and then like eventually fifth edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there on, I just through like podcasts and like other people, I like rolled into like more like old school and like indie stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's where I'm at now. Fantastic. And would you say like fantasy is really kind of the genre you love and lean into? Because with um, the Electron Drive, that's obviously a take on fantasy as, as well. Yeah, yeah I think fantasy is uh like the starting point for a lot of what mm-hmm. i do but i like to inject like more like science fantasy elements like more like uh things that are, aren't traditionally like under like the fantasy umbrella like things like spaceships mm-hmm. and stuff. uh mm-hmm. so yeah it's like fantasy is the starting point but i like to spice it up a little bit with like more interesting things and like try to break the genre a little bit Sounds interesting. Well, we'll we'll do a deep dive on the setting and go through it in detail. Um, but I do, as as you know, as you said, you listen to some episodes. You know that I ask, how did you uh, move from somebody that just plays and enjoys games to being somebody that that's creating them? Well, I uh, I went to school for like game art, specifically for like video games. So oh, wow, I already, okay. Like, was part of like uh, mm-hmm. like more the more creative like side of things. Yeah. Uh, like creating like games. And eventually I kind of like fell out of love with like video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and during like a period where I was like searching for, hey, what do, what do I want to do now? Like, what, what do I like to do? And eventually just settled on like, oh, like role playing games. It's something I do in my spare time. Why wouldn't I like try to do something more with it and like try to make something of my own? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, so I mean, I think there is a, I see a lot of cross- crossover from people that do work in digital games, video games, then move to kind of tabletop games as well. Because I think there are so many transferable skills, like obviously different mediums, but there's a lot that can transfer about uh, things. Yeah. Um, with the Electrum Archive, just leaning into that, with the visual design of that and, and the art of it, could you talk us through your idea and process for it? Um, if people are watching the live stream, they can see the images on the screen. And if you're listening to the podcast, um, I'll put a link to the website so you can take a look. But yeah, could you talk me through your ideas for the look of the Electrum Archive? Um, yeah, for the look of the Electrum Archive, uh, I wanted to be like fairly, fairly consistent because one of mm-hmm. the things that I enjoy about like role playing games products is that if they're like uh, a little bit more consistent in the like their art direction mm-hmm. so i work with like uh, a few different artists on it and i do a lot of my art myself um but i made sure to do like, like lean into uh like a very distinct like line art style and like make mm-hmm. it very like 
almost like Mobius, like kind of like aesthetic. Uh, and be very clear also to, towards like the other artists that that was the type of vibe that we were going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with regards to like the attire of like the characters in it and like the NPCs and stuff, like I try to make it like familiar, like that it's something that like it feels a bit grounded, but also like weird. So like the characters have like these like uh, these like these clothes that they wear that like seem mm-hmm. like very like earth like, but they aren't like necessarily like normal like mm-hmm. historical fantasy stuff. So exactly like what you were saying before, it's kind of like fantasy as your starting point, but then it's got a little bit of a twist, add a little bit of spice and uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. amazing. So talking about the the setting for the Electrum Archive, um, so could you could you talk us through the setting? What sort of world are we walking into? As uh, the cover says, it's a science fantasy role-playing game. So tell me more. Yeah, um, yeah the world of uh, the Electrum Archive is the world of Orn, which is this planet where uh, like there are like a lot of humans there and the uh, like in the ages past there were these like giant spaceships that floated above the planet and around it uh with this alien ra- like unknown alien race in it and they eventually like all fell down to like mm-hmm. the planet and these humans are now like scavenging and like uh, like exploring these wreckages to find elder ink which is like the fuel that fueled a lot of these machines made by the aliens mm-hmm. uh, and that is now like the main currency of like the world of orn but it's also used as a uh, fuel for spellcasting. So it's like both okay. money and power. Like Interesting. That's an interesting take on it, because usually when we look at classic fantasy, you're going on like a dungeon crawl to collect treasure from an older relic type thing. But then it's like kind of almost the opposite, like in the sense that it's this alien fantasy thing that's the relic that they're going to explore and things like that. Yeah, no, exactly. Like it's very much like a fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. But then the more alien stuff is more like advanced science and scientific, like science fantasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the um, the Ultram Archive comes out in like a zine format. And the, the first one was out and has sold through all the physical copies. So congratulations. And I believe the second one is, is on its way soon. Um, what made you decide to do it in a, in a kind of a zine format instead of bringing it out all as kind of one one book? Well, I... Uh, well, because like it's it's partly it's a, pro- a project that's very much just me making something that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, yeah, putting it into the zine format allowed me to like push it out into the world like earlier and like get people's feedback on it and just mm-hmm. like slowly grow it instead of like just uh, yeah, just like sending out like a big like three hundred page yeah. book eventually and then have people enjoy it and that's that i just want to be like a longer process for me also just so you can see Mm -hmm. a little bit like growth and it's like the evolution of the project itself fantastic um so what what are the rules so we've talked a lot about kind of the setting and yeah but but how do we play the game uh well use pretty simple like rule set it basically all builds around like a a d10 it's a Mm -hmm. roll under system so instead of like rolling your die and adding your bonus to it you have to just roll under your attribute and then you succeed at the action you're taking. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's very rules light. It only has like, I think it's like five attributes and most of the things are built on top of that. So you have no mm-hmm. actual skills. You just have like talents that are uh, just give you advantage on things related to like checks related to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then there's like a simple combat system. It's it's all very bare bones and like more focused on like the role playing and the world and giving some mm-hmm. procedures for exploration and travel but besides that it's like very it tries to stay out Mm -hmm. of the way sounds good i mean that's how i like my game so like to hear that so (laughs) what are the travel and exploration kind of rules or or guidance that we'd get in the in the in the zines well um 
I'm very much like an enjoyer of like these like older type, like old old school like Dungeons and Dragons type games, which mm -hmm. use like random encounters, like rely heavily on that. So the procedures that you find in the actual archive are like both like are like a cleaner version of that, I believe, which is just you roll like a, a die every time you uh, travel for a day or a week, and then you see if there's a random encounter or if there's other complications, uh, such as running out of rations, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like the story kind of like builds on top of that. So there isn't like a predefined story, but there are a lot of these like sparks that are generated through these procedures that can like become like part of a larger campaign. Okay, so it, would it be fair to say it's a little bit of a sandbox in terms of you have this world that you're going out to explore opposed to like a, a linear story? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I'm trying very uh, much to uh, create this world that people can just like run around in and have a lot of these like seeds for adventure. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily one like grand like campaign that they run. Mm -hmm. Sounds fun. And uh, so we talked. Some, you talked a little bit about combat uh, there. That there's some additional rules for that. Can we talk a little bit more about combat and 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 how that works? Well, uh, one of the interesting but things that I want to try with combat is that in uh, Dungeons Dragons like Second Edition, there were these like optional rules for weapon speeds mm -hmm. that. I feel like the the general consensus is that that was like kind of a bad idea and made the game like a lot slower because like <laughs> okay like, yeah, like yeah. initiative. Mm -hmm. um, but I really like like the idea of it and I really wanted to make it work. So that's like one of the main things that I try to do with combat is make uh, like the type of weapon you're using and like how fast it is like an actual choice, like a tactical mm -hmm. choice, like the gear you, you choose, you decide to take with you into these like alien spaceships. Okay. So. Um, yeah, it's like basically the whole initiative system is built around that. Like you roll uh, mm -hmm. at the start of like the each round, you decide whether you use a weapon or not. And if you mm -hmm. don't use a weapon, you just have to roll a five of below or below. Mm -hmm. And if you uh, decide to use a weapon, your weapon has a specific speed modifier that you use to determine if you go before or after the enemy. Cool. So it sounds like equipment uh, and things you find is actually quite important in the game. Then is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, mm -hmm. the system like also heavily requires uh, relies on like this system of like encumbrance with these uh, item slots. Okay. So instead of just like hand waving equipment, it's actually important to keep track of like items that you carry with you because I think mm -hmm. that's an important part of like dungeon exploration is mm -hmm. deciding what do you take with you and what do you take out. Like you can mm -hmm. like carry all the dragons like gold with you, <laughs> and in this case you can't like yeah. carry all these like canisters of ink. With you, mm -hmm. and you have to decide like which, uh, yeah, which items you drop to like carry the stuff that you want to carry. Okay, and in in the party of people that are that you know that are exploring these, I, well, I wouldn't say it's a dungeon. How would what would you say like it's not a dungeon crawl because it's more yeah like it is, a, it is like a dungeon in the the broadest yeah. sense I guess. Yeah, but, yeah, it's like it's a an eldership. It's like a spaceship. Okay. Yeah, generally yeah. the uh, like the place. Okay, generally. great. I just wanted to get the terminology right. So we're exploring the eldership. <laughs> what are the characters that we're going to be be playing? Because um, I noticed, like, on if people are seeing uh, the live stream, it says the warlock on there. So are there some like kind of classes and roles that we're going to be familiar with if we play D and D? Uh, yeah, definitely. There is the there are like three archetypes, which are generally just like very broad, mm -hmm. uh, and, like maps to like the classic D and D things of like a thief, a wizard, and a fighter. You have mm -hmm. the warlock, which is the pay to win class basically because you inhale like your currency and like use it to cast spells 
Okay. Uh, and then you have the Vagabond, which is your fighter type, which can collect mm -hmm. trophies of uh, the monsters they kill to get like a benefit when they like find those monsters uh, later. Uh, and then there's the Fixer, which is a more like broad uh, Jack of all trades type, which has like mm -hmm. basically like build your own character with like all these like feats and stuff that you can use. Mm -hmm. So some of these characters do cast spells and others, you know, not so much. Is there, are there specific rules for spell casting and, and how that works? Uh, yeah, like because like the ink is such an important part of the setting and it's used mm -hmm. to cast spells. Uh, there's like a, a spell casting system which uses um, random generated like spell names that mm -hmm. the warlocks use uh, that they like generate when they make it make their character. Mm -hmm. uh, which is like keywords like um, like void prism, for example. There's just this big random table with keywords that you can use and like roll up random mm -hmm. spell. Um, okay. And then to decide like how those spells actually work, because mm -hmm. there are like so many, you use like a system of like a four tier system um, to determine like how much ink you need to inhale to cast these spells and how powerful the effects will be. So it's very free form. Just during the game, you can say, oh, I have this spell name. Let me interpret it in this way. Okay, GM, like how much would this, uh, how much ink would this cost if I want to like make this effect happen? Okay, cool. And I assume is there guidance in the book? So if you're a new GM running this for the first time, is there guidance on how how you make that call for how much it is? Yeah, there are like these four tiers, uh, the four which go okay. from minor, moderate, major to mythic, mm -hmm. uh, which describe what type of effects they would usually, uh, mm -hmm. yeah like take effect in the world basically and like how strong they are and then how much ink that will cost so they're like just these four like tiers that you can use as like a guideline okay fantastic um, um okay so we have the, the characters but adversaries in the game so monsters and npcs who are we going to be encountering in the world um well one of the big things in the settings like there's a lot of factions that like are uh like at war with each other over the, this ink okay. um so there are like these merchant houses, which are like these old merchant houses that have uh, are trying to like claw back like some of their former like power they had because there was this big pandemic basically of this like okay. uh, mushroom plague. Uh, <laughs> okay. and a lot, of course, yeah, yeah. It's like just it's like in the Last of Us or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's like some kind of like mushroom fungal parasite that like mm -hmm. uh, grows out of your bones, and that's not fair. It's not very nice. So, uh, but there's this whole uh, like there was this big trade network where all these like mm -hmm. merchant houses like uh, did a lot of trade and like had a lot of power basically. But the whole network collapsed during this like period. So in this new uh, like uh, age after, mm -hmm. a lot of these houses are like trying to get back some of that power and like using like ink to like wage war against each other. And players can like find themselves like caught caught in like the middle of that basically. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, some players could they be part of those merchant houses, or could that be part of their story? Or oh yeah, of course. There's mm -hmm. a uh, like characters also choose like a background at the start of the game, mm -hmm. uh, which gives them like a little setup of like where they belong in the world. And mm -hmm. one of them is like the houseborn background, which ties ties them specifically to like one of the houses, okay. and uh, gives them a few skills that go along with it. Fantastic. Um, with this, how? easy would you say this game is for somebody that's new to kind of running games to pick up and play would this be a good kind of look i want to try jamming for my group would, would this be a friendly option for that um i don't think necessarily that it's a good game to start with because mm -hmm. i'm not going into a lot of detail about like how to run it 
Okay. There's a lot of stuff that's just assumed like in the rules because I'm trying okay. to keep it like very small and concise and just give mm -hmm. you an interesting setting uh, instead of like learning you how to run a game. Okay, but yeah. I give some examples like in the forward of like places where you can go to give uh, to get like a little bit of setup for how you mm -hmm. run games like this mm -hmm. uh, by signaling to other games that do that, that very well. Uh, such as like Mouse Ritter and Cairn, which are both two games which have like a similar vibe and similar complexity, uh, mm -hmm. but offer a lot, a lot more tools for running games with this. Perfect. So you'd say this would be good for somebody that's like, you know, played and run with other systems and is looking for something new and something different to kind of run for their for their party. Yeah, exactly. So um, it feels to me like this is a campa campaign game. This is these are the vibes I get for it because it's got a lot of kind of lore and a lot of information, and it's like a sandbox to explore. So, what are your future plans for kind of supporting, um, you know, the world and the setting? Um, well, I'm working on the second issue right now, which was kickstarted mm -hmm. like earlier this year, uh, and the uh, because the first one is like purely like the foundation, like. Mm -hmm. establishes the world, shows you what, what the factions are, gives you some monsters and uh, a lot of like random encounters and stuff to like mm -hmm. color like your setting, like the your, your sessions. Yeah. Um, and the second issue is meant to give a lot more like table ready like material. So there will be like two adventures in it, okay. uh, which are like actually just like it's a dungeon and a heist in one of like the merchant house towers basically. Um, and there will also be a uh, downtime system, which is like downtime turns, uh, similar to like a game such as like Blades in the Dark, so you can run okay. like longer campaigns and have these periods of rest between adventures where you can do like side projects as like players. Okay, cool. If people uh, want to read up on, on what you're doing and, and find out when the second issue is available, where's the best place for them to, to do that online? Um, with all things like regarding the Electrum Archive, the best pl place to find is like the electrumarchive.com. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you just want to know more about like the other things I'm working on, because I'm working on like multiple games at the moment, mm -hmm. uh, and other projects that I'm doing, you can uh, subscribe to my monthly newsletter where I just give like a, a quick breakdown each month of what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Fab sounds great. Um, and we, you know, we talked a lot about the Electron Archive. So, like I say, issue two is kind of being worked on right now. Issue one, you can get the PDF immediately available for it. Um, is there anything I should have asked you about the game or anything you want to talk about uh, th that we've kind of left out that you want people to know? Um, hmm, good question. I think, <laughs> yeah, one of the things I think that's, that's worth emphasizing is that it's very much like the Electrum Archive is a, it's a project that's still growing. So <laughs> a lot of the things that I'm writing are, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit experimental and I also don't <laughs> know exactly what I'm doing like half of the time, but I think that's part <laughs> of, of it. So like just okay. like taking the players and the gems like on the journey to a place that I find interesting mm -hmm. and I hope they find interesting as well. Yeah, well, I it certainly interested me as well and hopefully to other people listening. Um, so yeah, if you go to the electromarchive.com where you can pick up a copy of issue one and like follow for information on more bits and pieces there. Um, you know, one thing I did want to ask you about, which I just remembered, is the, the thing that piqued my, in, uh, my interest was your kind of inspiration for it. Because um, you mentioned that your inspiration was like the Elder Scrolls and Morrowind. Um, if, if people are a fan of that sort of system, what are the parallels in there and how, how did that inspiration make its way into the game is, is the other question I wanted to ask. Yeah. Um, yeah, the interesting thing, I I, I really enjoy The Elder Scrolls Morrowind. It's like one of my favorite games. 
Yeah, um, I'd love it too. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah. it shows like in the Electrum archive, there are like a bunch mm -hmm. of like, things that are inspired by it. Mm -hmm. um, I think the most interesting thing about that game is that it's so alien. It's like, it's a fantasy setting, but it isn't mm -hmm. just, you know, not medieval England, basically, with yeah. dragons. Yeah, it's it's not Lord of the Rings again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um and that's like a vibe that I was trying to catch with like the Electrum Archive as well. Mm -hmm. Um so I think that's like one of the main inspirations of it. And I really enjoy the spell making in Corwin. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's also part of like why I want to have this like freeform system with the mm -hmm. spell casting in the Electrum Archive. Because I really enjoyed like making my own spells and like just yeah, just like the, the freedom that it gave, basically. Yeah. Fantastic. That was great. That was sorry. I meant to ask that in the settings uh, question part of it, but I got in there at the end with it. So that's the main thing. Um, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your game uh, with us. I do have a final question that I ask everyone is that do you have any recommendations for other TTRPGs? Uh, and the rule is it can't be a game that you've made and it can't be D&D because this is not D&D. &D. Yeah, um, there are like two games that I would like to like highlight. Which yeah. is one of them is by uh, my good friend Ava Islam, who mm -hmm. is also working on uh, the second issue of the Electrum Archive now. Mm -hmm. And she made like a game called Errant, which is basically this um, old school inspired RPG, very much like dungeon crawling and like adventuring mm -hmm. and stuff. And um, it's a it's rule slide, just like the Electrum Archive, but it's very like procedure heavy, is like how she describes okay. it. And mm -hmm. so it has like a lot of these like procedures for all the things you might want in a game without it being a very complex game. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it basically feels like somebody took all these like home rules of people who run like old old school type games and put them all in like crammed them all into like one little booklet. Oh, okay, uh, cool. yeah, I have it here. It's this. Oh, like, nice. Like, like errand. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Like just like, give it a look over. It has some really interesting things in it. Uh, and the mm -hmm. other thing is a setting, just like the Electrum Archive, which is uh, Vaults of Farn, which mm -hmm. is also a scene series which recently got this nice hardcover, mm -hmm. uh, which collects, like I think, the first three issues. Mm -hmm. And it basically comes with, it's like a setting, but it's mostly a setting told through like random tables. So it has like these pages with oh, a bunch nice. of random tables that you can roll on to make your own version of the setting. Is this also like science fantasy setting, which I believe is like inspired by games like Caves of Cod and also just like the science science fantasy type games. Amazing. Thank you. It's two great recommendations there. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, thank you so much to everyone who watched and listened as well. We will be back next week with Not D, &D uh, wherever you listen to this. Uh, we'll be back there again next week. <laughs> Thanks very much. Bye.